This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The Montreal Canadiens keep rolling with a 5-2 win over the Edmonton Oilers tonight at Rogers Place. The Canadiens have won seven of their last eight. Big transformation for them under new head coach Marty San Louis, and it appears the Oilers' positive transformation under new head coach Jay Woodcroft has ceased after going 5-0 to start under Woodcroft. They're now 2-4-1 in their last seven and uh, possibly going to lose some ground in that playoff race depending on some other results tonight and tomorrow before they go into Calgary on Monday. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Centre for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Rob, I think the Oilers came up short in almost every area tonight, but we'll start with the power plays for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including their new Camrose location. Check out Extreme with an XPowerProducts.com. Montreal goes two for four with the man advantage. The Oilers' PK did not look good again, and then the Oilers go 0 for 4 with their power play, and oh, by the way, gave up a shorthanded goal, and if not for an offside, could have given up another one. Yeah, you're right. It, it, they weren't good on the P on their power play. Uh, sloppy passes, um, sometimes trying to do too much individually and, and turning the puck over. And what we're seeing with a lot of teams nowadays when they try to kill the Edmonton Oilers' power play is that they're much more aggressive. I think early in the season when the Oilers were picking teams apart, teams were very passive and thinking, okay, we don't want to get beat one-on-one, so we'll just stay in this this box and we'll just won't go out at them. Well, that allowed Connor and Leon and Nugent Hopkins and Barry to take their time to decide where they wanted to move the puck to. Now teams are becoming much more aggressive, forcing the Oilers to make perfect passes. Uh, and the Oilers didn't, and they bobbled some passes. They tried to force some plays, uh, and then at the end, a very desperation, desperate penalty-killing unit that blocked everything, dove in front, and when there was the breakdown or when the Oilers did get that one good opportunity, uh, Montembeau was, was up to the task. He was excellent in this game, so the Oilers' power play has not been near as good as it was early in the season. A lot of teams have tried to uh, limit the the cross ice or cross box chances and the Oilers sometimes play into the hands by trying to force things that aren't there and tonight it wasn't there for them and the Montreal Canadiens penalty killing was a big reason that this Montreal Canadian team was able to win on the road. So 5-2 the Canadians take it they let it 2-1 after 1 3-2 after 2 a wild second period there were three coaches challenges in that period all of them went the Oilers way the Canadians challenged Ryan McLeod's goal for goalie interference on Zach Hyman. The goal stood. The Canadians scored two other goals that didn't count. They were offside both occasions. So 3-2 Montreal after two, and then they get a goal from Lekkinen shorthanded in the third. Hoffman puts it away with an empty netter. It was uh, Evander Kane and Ryan McLeod scoring tonight for Edmonton. Mike Smith was in goal, and uh, I mean, he was out goalie tonight by a guy who would be fourth on the Canadian step chart now that they got Hoffman Sam Montebo was uh, solid he stopped 28 out of 30. He was good 
He was very good. It, it seems like he's he, it's feast or famine with him. He's either quite good, as he was tonight, or he's had some really off nights, as the Oilers last time they saw him put six by him through 40 minutes. The Jets put seven by him the other night in Winnipeg. Uh, the Oilers didn't get on him early, and he, he found confidence and made some big saves. And I talked at the end of the first period, it wouldn't have counted, but he made a save on Leon Dreisaitl at the buzzer anyway, where he dove across and got it in his glove. And I tell you, it doesn't matter that it wouldn't have counted anyways. That's a good feeling for a goaltender trying to find his way at this level. He was excellent. On the other end, Smith gave up the four, and plus he gave up the two that were called back. So he gave up six. And every time the Oilers needed a big save, they weren't able to get it. And uh, I, I don't know... I mean, the confidence level for the for to Mike Smith, uh, he's always been a very confident goaltender. He's got swagger in his game. But this has been a season that I don't think he ever would have imagined when this year started between injuries and games that have not gone the way that he expects. Well, look, I, I, I've been sort of uh, hesitant to say this because we knew what the Oilers' plan was, mm -hmm. that they wanted to see how Smith was going to play after being injured. And full credit to how Koskinen has played most of his games lately, even a couple that he's lost. Yep. Um, I, I mean, I think it's time to bring up Skinner. Like, I, I flat out, like, Ken Holland either has to trade for a goaltender who could could carry the team into the playoffs or we or we have to see more of Skinner. I, I don't, I'm at the point now, Rob, I don't see any other options. Well, right now, with what we've seen over the last while, Koskinen is by far the starter on well, this team. He's the number one goalie. He's the number on the one right goalie. Now. So you have to decide, is Koskinen good enough to carry you in the playoffs? Uh, that's a decision you're going to have to make, and you've got to make it soon because we're a couple weeks away from the trade deadline. Uh, and how long a leash do you give to Mike Smith, who was all-world for you last year? But the Oilers, are, they've, we talked for a month ago that the Vancouver Canucks were out of the playoffs. They're now, what are they, one point behind the Edmonton Oilers? Something two. along two uh, points. Then they're two points out of the. Now they've played more games than yeah, Nashville, well, but they're. But Nashville's going to win again tonight, and they're going to get another two points. They were up four nothing in the third period. So, the Oilers have allowed teams to get themselves back into a playoff spot and are battling with the Oilers. So the Oilers can't afford uh, average starts from their goaltending. So uh, now I don't have uh, no idea when it comes to contracts, uh, salary cap issues, or what you would have to do if you bring Skinner up and have three goalers or what you do with it. But the Oilers can't afford uh, to, again, have average goaltending, and they got to see if Koskinen's your goalie, is it Koskinen-Smith, is it Koskinen and Skinner, or do you need to go outside your organization to find someone for the playoffs? And it seemed like that's been lower down on the list of possibilities. Now, in the world of the NHL, things can change quickly. We know general managers are always hurt are talking and exploring but then and again that's something i and look this was this was not primarily a goaltending loss no nope, because nope. the Oilers didn't play well enough the special teams were not and yeah you can say well you need your goalie to be your best penalty killer fair enough you also need your penalty killers not to let a guy <laughs> have a 60 feet run up to a wrist shot and pick his spot so you know we can pick that apart but a, as i've said before if the Oilers make the playoffs and it i mean it's a bigger if now than it was three hours ago that's how close it is in the standings if if you don't change anything, then you're then you're cutting the field in half. So I mean, right, the Oilers base. If you go by five on five save percentage, they've had bottom five goaltending this year. Mm -hmm. And so if you get into the playoffs, now you're 16th out of 16 teams. Yep. And you're not going to last very long. Well, the Oilers and I and I said it 
for the last number of years. The Oilers don't need, they can't survive on average goaltending, and a lot of nights they can't survive on just good goaltending. You know, they need their goaltender to be outstanding. They need to win the goaltending battles, and they haven't been doing that. Uh, I, I know that the the Oilers were probably trying to see if a healthy Smith and Koskinen playing together and rotating can give them the starts that they want. And in a perfect world, when you start the season nine and one, and what was it fifteen and sixteen and five? Sixteen and five, you should have enough uh, points in the bank that you can actually survive and see if you know what we'll give them a couple more starts. But right now. The Oilers are at a point where they need all the points they can get. And how long do you go with a goaltender that obviously hasn't got his game? This isn't the Mike Smith that we've seen saw last year. How long do you go knowing that if he doesn't find his game, those are points that you may have had that you're certainly going to need come season's end? Well, and I mean, here's another way to look at it. And this is not, not I mean, since starting 16-5, and five, the Oilers are 14-16-4. and four. Mm-hmm. So over the course of a full season... Um, you know that's like about a 75 point season mm-hmm. so now we, we've seen them play better uh at times but uh, yeah i mean they've they've erased it, w- when they had that big cushion you wouldn't have thought now they'd be uh out of a playoff spot no. with 30 or 27 26 games left or whatever it is and and you also this is another thing you got to throw in the equation too reed is the oilers are banged up they've got Injuries on the back end. Yep. They've got some major Bouchard injuries. Bouchard didn't finish the game with an illness. Barry is out. Uh, Russell, who's whether he's six or seven, he's a guy that gives you experience, especially if you're playing seven defensemen. Nugent Hopkins, Pugliarvi, uh, Cassian. So with those players out of the lineup, more than ever, you need a goaltender to come in and make big, have big games for you. And Koskinen has done that. I don't think they want to run Koskinen where he's playing three out of four games. Where he's like, yeah, plays or even seven out of ten. If yeah, you look he, just, it, it, he hasn't proven yet that he can do that. And what he's doing right now is exceptional, but that's because he's getting the, the, the right amount of starts. So uh, the Oilers need big games from their goaltender each and every night they play with the injuries they have and the way their, their style of game is. And tonight they didn't get that big game from Mike Smith. And the Montreal Canadiens got it from their goaltender, and that's why the Montreal Canadiens have two points and the others don't. Habs win it 5-2. That's a $200 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Let's go downstairs, head coach Jay Woodcroft. Uh, didn't generate the way we wanted it to, and uh, in the end, uh, we gave up two goals on the penalty kill, one with six on five, one kind of on a four on four, just just right at the end of a four on four right there. Uh, all things that uh, certainly we'd like to have back, we can't. Uh, we're gonna digest it and work on it uh, as we move forward here. There's some nights, and there've been some recent ones where you haven't won the game, but you've, after the game, felt reasonably okay about the way your group performed. Special teams aside, what did you see even strength from your team? Well, we didn't have the game we, we wanted to. I'm not going to dress it up and, and uh, put a bow on it and say uh, we just didn't get what we needed right there. We're, uh, we weren't good enough in a lot of areas tonight. Um, that said, it was a 3-2 hockey game heading into the third period. We had a chance uh, to fight our way back in. We didn't do it tonight. And um, like I said, we'll... We're going to digest it. We'll review it tomorrow. We'll work on something in practice and then uh, move on from there. 
Jay, yeah. what you describe sort of is a team that's not taking care of the details real well. Maybe I'm reading you wrong, but that's what it sounds like. There's a lot of details that is this, you know, when a new coach comes in, the team's uber focused and they take care of all the details and they're very focused. After a certain amount of time, the focus wanes. Are we hitting phase two where you got to come at these guys maybe with a, a different way or regain their focus in some way? Well, the that might be how you see that spec in terms of um, you know the stages and all that kind of stuff. I mean, um, I don't see it necessarily that way. Um, I didn't think we were very good, uh, or I shouldn't say that. I, I don't think we were good enough to win a, a game tonight. And um, are there things that we can do better? Yeah. Are there certain details in our game that we can be better at tonight? Yes, there are. Um, but big picture wise. Uh, you know, uh, that's not for me to say, but I, I'll, I will say that uh, w to a man, we know we can be better than we were tonight. Uh, it looked like uh, the Habs did a pretty good job on your top guys. McDavid and Dreisaitl was, was pretty hard for them tonight. Uh, it looked like Caulfield and Suzuki, it wasn't that hard for them. Do you guys need to be harder to play against in your own zone, particularly against the smaller skill guy? Um, I thought we, we gifted uh, some opportunities tonight that uh, I haven't seen much of over the last three weeks. Uh, I think we can be a lot cleaner with the puck. Um, I think the first goal against, we, we can do some things there um, that uh, negate those type of opportunities. Can we be harder? Yeah, we can be harder. Um, that wasn't our, our best effort, not the best that I've seen in my th three weeks here. Um, like I said, we're gonna, we'll digest it. We're gonna work on something in practice tomorrow and then uh, we'll move on from there. Jay, you've only been here for a while, but the Oilers penalty kill has been poor for two months now. Mm -hmm. What are you seeing? Well. Yeah, let's go back and look at the penalty kill goals against today. Uh, start out with uh, what I thought uh, that first kill, we had uh, good opportunities to get the puck out. I, th I counted three different opportunities the puck was on our tape. Um, so for me, the clears, uh, which it sounds like a very basic thing, but it's, that has nothing to do with systemic issues or anything like that. That comes down to the confidence to get the clear at the right time. Um, and we weren't good in that area today. I think the statistics would bear that out as, uh, as having been an issue uh, for a little while. So that's something that we can improve on, certainly. Uh, the second penalty kill goal against today, I think there was a little bit of a coverage error. It's not how we wanted to play a certain uh, look from Montreal. In the end, we didn't get the job done. Uh, and that, to me, was a huge factor in the game tonight, was the, the fact that we lost the special teams battle. And Bouchard played the first two periods. Was he feeling ill in the second period? And that's why he only played him eight minutes. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. He didn't even come out onto the bench in the, in the third period. He just wasn't feeling uh, capable to come out. Um, some, some type of stomach illness, not, not COVID related, we don't think. Thank you. Uh, two things for me. Did you on over here? <clears throat> One is this team seems to play better when they're playing top eight teams as opposed to bottom eight teams. And, and uh, the, um, well, deal with that one first. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, for me, I don't think there was any illusion of the Montreal Canadiens coming into our 
arena tonight uh, without our guys understanding that they had won six or seven games, that they had scored 20 goals in their last five games, that they are feeling it right now. Um, I don't think that was our best effort tonight. I don't think we're, we were as detailed as we needed to be. Uh, sure, the Montreal Canadiens are not a top eight team in the Eastern Conference, but uh, they have a lot of uh, players left over from that group that went to the Stanley Cup final last year. Our players were aware of it. We can do better. Um, we can be... Uh, we can be, uh, or we can execute at a higher rate than we did tonight. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm not just talking about the, uh, the game tonight. Yeah. I mean, in a big, and I'm not even talking about this year. Uh, it just seems to be a character trait of this group, almost that that they get up for the big games against the big teams. Uh, let's let's phrase it a different way. Yeah. They seem to get better results against the top eight teams and they do against the bottom eight teams. And the other part of the question I was asking, yep. can you chew on the, on, on the idea of uh, this team is more successful on the road than they are at home? Well, um, just speaking in my, in my uh, three and a, a so weeks here, um, I can just speak for myself. Uh, I think that Today was the 12th game. Eight of them have been on the road. So, um, you know, that I, I can only speak to that. We're two and two in those in that three-week period. Um, we're disappointed with, with the result tonight. Um, but I'm learning our group here, too, and, and what their capabilities are and what their, their uh, you know, their habits have been or, or, or what whatnot. Uh, certainly we would want to show a better effort here on, on home ice. Uh, it was exciting to have a full capacity crowd. Like I said, not our best effort tonight. We're going to work to improve. Jay, after going 5-0 and in the first five games of your head coaching tenure, the team has now just won two games in the last seven. What's your sense of the group right now after tonight's result? Well, um, I... I'm not the only person who feels that we can do better. Uh, the 20 players in the in our locker room are sticking together. Um, there's no fingers being pointed or anything like that. We know we can be better. Um, we've gone through a tough stretch schedule-wise, but so has every other team in the National Hockey League. They're all dealing with schedule issues. We've lost some uh, players to injury, but so has every other team in the National Hockey League. For us, it's about finding a way through a little bit of adversity here, uh, fine-tuning some small parts to our game, and uh, bring in a be better effort as we go forward. Jay, what did you make of um, Mike Smith's performance tonight? Well, um, Mike Smith's part of our team, and our team, I think, can execute at a, at a higher level. I thought um, we were in a 3-2 hockey game heading into the third period. We had the, the chance to tie it up and, and find a way to win. We didn't do that. Um, collectively, uh, I think we can all be better. Good. Okay, that's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft live on 630 Chet. The Oilers beat. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. 5-2 by the Montreal Canadiens. We will take a quick timeout and then have more Heartland Ford overtime open line. To McDavid, he'll come up the right wing, gets away from Hoffman, and Hoffman takes the puck away. His pass through the middle to Gallagher, a breakaway. Gallagher in the shot, and the save made by Smith, and the puck goes to the right wing. Great opportunity there for Brendan Gallagher. Well, Brendan Gallagher scored late in the first. He had a chance to score there early in the second, but Mike Smith comes up with his save of the game. Courtesy Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Gallagher and the Canadians get a 5-2 win over the Edmonton Oilers tonight. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown on Heartland Ford overtime open line. Three coaches' challenges in the second period, Rob. Goalie interference, uh, a a, a close one. I thought it was going to be called off, but uh, I guess they ruled there wasn't enough to overturn it. And then the Canadians were offside twice, then negated goals. And then in the third period, there was a video review. So Mike Smith was penalized on the play. He lost his balance and knocked the net off. And from what the ref saw, he thought he did it on purpose with the Canadians on the power play. Uh, I can't remember which Montreal player it was. Took the shot as the net was coming off. And then they're checking it, and we're thinking, what they can't check if Smith did it on purpose or not. That's not something they can review. But then what it turned out was... If the net is knocked off by a defending player and it's sort of bang, bang that the shot was taken and they can they could have awarded a goal if the puck would have passed between where the goal post should have been. And when, you, when I saw the overhead angle, the puck looked like it went right over where the drill hole is in the ice. So that actually, and, and then it hit the then it hit the post, but by that time, the actual post was behind the the, mm-hmm. the, the goal line and, and in a little bit. So that, that was an interesting one. That, was, that could have been an awarded goal with the net off because it, the Montreal player was about to take the shot anyway as the net was coming off. Yeah, I, I can't remember which player it was, but there was an Oiler player that got his stick on the puck just as the, the player, the Montreal Canadian, was shooting into the open net that probably saved the goal because it was a wide open net with time for the Canadian to put it on net and it just got deflected just enough to force it to to not be called a goal there there was more weird things in this game Reed. there's the three uh times at the coaches challenge there was the refs looking at whether or not the goal should be awarded there was Brendan Gallagher getting a penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct for knocking the stick out of I believe it was Kyler Yamamoto. Oh, that's, that was a really yeah, weird one. Kyler yeah. Yamamoto, who was on the bench. So it's just there were so many things that happened in this game. Highly entertaining, highly eventful. Unfortunately, as an Oiler fan, uh, the things just uh, the, well, the result wasn't the result that the Oilers needed and wanted. And uh, there were the Oilers, as, as Woodcroft talked, they weren't great in a lot of areas. But you also got to give credit to the Montreal Canadiens. They came in here, and they were fantastic in this hockey game. They played with complete desperation, and their goaltender stood up, and their specialty teams were good. This is a team that is completely out of it on the season, yet they came to play tonight and got a deserved two points. Okay, let's go back down to the Hall of Fame room. Here's Oilers captain Connor McDavid. What do you think was was missing, or and then why? Uh, yeah, just not good enough. Um, another team that's obviously playing well since their coaching change, and um, you know they were better than us tonight. 
seemed like the lots of chances against in the early going and, and maybe a little bit of a tough start out of the gate. Uh, lots of people make a lot out of long road trip first game back. Not that it's an excuse for you guys, but how did you f think your group felt early in this game? Did you sense fatigue or what did you see? Yeah, maybe a little fatigue, I guess. Um, you know, but that's no excuse. Um, Got to be better out of the gate. This also come down to the special teams. Your power play was not did not score, and theirs was better. Yeah, their power play was good. Ours wasn't. Um, you know, that's kind of the difference for sure. And it's a weird game with all the coaches' challenges. You won the coaches' challenges too, but still lost the game. I mean, in the second period, you, every time you called the coaches' challenge, you pretty much won it. Yeah, no, it was good uh, that we were able to, I guess, get those uh, called back. You know, JC did a good job in the in the video room there, so that was good. Thank you. like a tough night for you like to get to the net to get around the zone the Habs were were tight defensively on you and, and Leon but at your end their skill guys kind of skated around with some impunity do you guys need to be harder to play against in the defensive zone <laughs> we're back on this um yeah of course we can always be better defensively as a group and as individuals and obviously Leo and I are uh, not uh not um you know, absolved of any of that. So, you know, I thought our, our defensive game has been good. Um, you know, uh, we got to find a way to produce as well. So, um, yeah. Was that a fair question, Rob? Um, it, it's a tough question to ask a player. Like, do you need to be tougher? I'm like, well, every team can say yes. Uh, the answer is always going to be yes. Uh, when you're the skilled player and you're trying, it, it, it's hard because what he's saying is you guys, you and Leon took a lot of abuse down there, but their stars don't in your end. So you're kind of, if you want to answer, you're really giving it to your own defensive players for not being as tough on the other team's best players. So I thought Connor handled it very well. Um, I think that's a question that you ask the coach more so than you ask the player because the player you asked is the guy that is well he'd have to throw his own teammates under the bus so and he won't do that i thought i thought connor handled it excellent excellently predators are leading the sharks eight nothing with four and a half minutes left and some weird things that are happening in hockey games tonight in that game eight nothing i just checked uh roman yossi plus six wow that's that's a that's a season that's a season <laughs> That's a most season players would love players. to have, and he's had it in uh, two and a half periods of a hockey game. We're looking at the Edmonton Trailer scoreboard, looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to edmontontrailer.com. Calgary and Colorado tied 1-1 with seven and a half minutes left in the first. It is the Canucks winning in Toronto 6-4. Panthers beat up the Red Wings 6-2. Coyotes 8-5 over the Senators. Nick Schmaltz with seven points in that game. Philly beat Chicago 4-3. The Islanders, look out, Rob, here they come. Beat the Blues, 2-1. <laughs> and the Capitals outscore the Kraken, 5-2. Bruins get by the Blue Jackets, 5-4 in a shootout. Oil Kings beat Calgary, 6-1. They've won 11 in a row at Claire Drake Arena. U of A up 4-0 on Calgary late in the second period. So it looks like the Bears are going to sweep that best of three. The Bakersfield Condors, 12 minutes into the game, already up 3-0 on Tucson. I'm watching the Calgary Flame game right now while we're talking. 
Matthew Kachuk did that between the legs, shot again, from about 10 feet out and rang it off the crossbar. He shoots that harder than most players can just take a wrist shot. Highly entertaining game between two very good teams, Colorado and Calgary, and the Calgary Flames were playing very well. The Edmonton Oilers are going to have to have a much better effort against them on Monday than they did against the Montreal Canadiens because Calgary is for real right now. Yeah, very good team. And uh, as we told you, this is not going to be a good night for the Oilers in the standings because Nashville's uh, going to get a couple of points. So, uh, yeah, Oilers sitting out of a playoff spot by, well, I guess there'll be a point behind Dallas at the end of the night, but Dallas has games in hand. All right, when we get back, we'll go to the Certainteed Hotline, 780-496-0060. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Three, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Pro all the way. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. All right, Canadians take down the Oilers 5-2. Scott gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. He took the under for River Cree, set the line. River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it. How many goals by defenseman today? I set the line at one and a half. There were zero. Scott wins. All right, we'll go to Norm on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Norm, go ahead. Hey, Reed. Hi, Rob. Um really disappointing night for for an Oilers fan. I'm 65 years old. I've been an Oilers fan ever since they come into the league and uh, a lot of ups and downs. Uh, but anyway, I, my couple points tonight, I, I hope Ken doesn't trade away the future for a uh, goalie because I don't think the team's good enough. I, I'm just watching the Flames play here and I've been watching them all year and you know their effort level is off the charts. They play simple. They dump the puck in. They go after it. They work 100%. And whereas our team tries to pass through four or five players every night, they refuse to dump the puck in, play a simple game. And I've been saying it for years before Calgary got Sutter. I really think we need a Sutter-type coach that drives a message into these players that, we got to play right, and we got to play it right every game. And uh, there's just been so many games this year that they've lost to teams that they shouldn't have lost against. And and you know, even if you take six or seven games that you should have won, we'd be in a lot different situation here now. And and yeah, thanks, you know, Norm. you can't just, blame just that gonna, all. Norm, I'm just going to jump in because we got a lot of guys on on hold tonight. Uh, so I want to make sure we get in as many people as we can. Uh, I think good point about simple game, direct game. Do the Oilers p- try to play f- too fancy sometimes? Um, absolutely. Uh, having said that, don't underestimate. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to this because I think it's it's highly significant. Uh, Jacob Markstrom, Rob, has eight shutouts. The Calgary Flames are third in five-on-five save percentage. The Oilers... And this was this would have been bef- not been updated for they've a- they've actually moved up to 21st. They were 26th or 27th most of the season. Well, and that's twofold. That's a great goaltending and b a better defensive effort in yep. front of the goaltender. It's both of them, uh, and Calgary has both of those things. They they play a better defensive style, or they have this year, 
and their goaltender is all world. This that there's a reason the Oilers tried getting Jacob Markstrom last year. He is good, and he's proved his worth this year. He's been excellent. Again, and and I didn't just I I mean I cal- I obviously look up a lot of stats myself, but then I talk to some other people who do analytics and how they interpret stuff. And what I've been told by people I trust is, uh, if the Oilers had average goaltending, they probably have four to six more points. So again, not a lot. I honestly, but you're in a playoff spot right now yeah, instead of out. I don't believe the Oilers can be a playoff team with just average goaltending, just because of the five-on-five five play. I think they need good goaltending every night to be a playoff hockey club. All right. Well, welcome Dallas to the show as well. Hey, Dallas. Guys, gentlemen, good evening. Thanks for taking my call. guess I won't touch on it too much just because you kind of mentioned it. But, yeah, I think the goaltending is atrocious. You know, nobody seems to admit it, rightfully so. But I think this team's lost complete confidence in Mike Smith. Every time he has a chance against, I'm sure every Oiler fan, including everybody on the bench, thinks it's going to be in the back of the net. You know, the team's barely making the playoffs at this this point, and I emphasize barely. So how are they still playing him and not a guy like Skinner, maybe giving him a chance? And then the other thing, quick point, is how long does the team go on like this before the elite players on the team, five play, you know, five years plus, eight-plus coaches, next to no playoffs, loss after loss? How long does it does it come to a point, Rob, where these guys start to wonder if they really want to be here anymore and if they really need to be here anymore? Thank you very much. Um, I honestly, I I don't see that. I I don't see them wanting. I, I honestly, I don't. I think they they would rather. Obviously, they want to win, and I, they've got a general manager and that's gone out and they've signed some big free agents. They went and got Kane. They went and got Hyman. They. Um, fired the coaching staff because they they decided, you know what, we'll get some, a different coach in here. So I, I think the the management has tried to do things. Have everything worked? No. Um, but yeah, I don't think that that's on the mind of any player, Connor or Leon. That you know what, this team isn't going out and doing what they want, what we need them to do to make us a winning team because they have tried to make the changes. They're not standing pat. Having said that, this team's just got it. It's got to be better. And they're well, yeah, they should they should they should be better. Yeah, they should be better. And and I think I mean we get asked that a lot, and and I find that a very difficult question to answer because I have no idea what these nope. players are thinking. And most NHL players uh, do not ask for trades. No, ninety nine point nine percent of them nope. don't. Um, I, I, I but the thing I would say is the day will come in uh, three years when Leon Drysaddle is a free agent, and in four years when Connor McDavid is a free agent. Mm-hmm. I, I to me. That that's what you look towards. That if there hasn't been some some sort of success, whether it's a Stanley Cup or like you're a, a top tier team and go deep, then okay. Well, then that's the thing. If you can't get them to a contract extension, then are you forced to move them, or or would they leave in the summer? Yeah. That, that's now some players have signed Nuge is here long term. Nurse has signed a long term deal. Hyman signed a long term deal. They want to be here. So yep. there have players that have signed here long term. I, I I get that question. It's hard. Like we we've been asked that question for for three years now. <laughs> yep. When when are they going to leave? When are Leon and Connor going to want out? Well, not yet. You know, in an af- after the last three seasons, eighteen. Uh, well, I guess maybe not so much. Anyway, af- certainly after the two years, last two years where they had two playoff exits, like we got calls after those games. Well, they're going to want out this summer. They're done. Connor's asking for a trade. <laughs> well, he didn't. I mean, if you're that negative and you keep predicting it, eventually you might be right. <laughs> But I, but I do think that's a fair question. But I, I think that's a really big picture three, four years yes. down the road. But that day will come when these guys are going to be free agents. Yeah, and, well, and, and that's on any team. Anytime a superstar becomes a free agent, then they get to make the decision. Am I re-signing here? 
Is this a place that I feel that uh, has got an opportunity to win? Or is there other offers out there that give me the better chance? Because the players, once they get to that free agent and you got all that money in the bank, there's only one thing they're worried about. And that is cementing their legacy by being on a championship hockey club. And they're going to decide once they get that. But we're still, we're not even close to that because they're three, four years away from that anyways. But that day will come. Well, it will. But, I mean, if we, we're going to be talking about three, four years. There's a lot of things that can happen in the next three to four years. All right, Oilers lose 5-2 to the Canadians. Whenever Edmonton scores five or more, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We also have Stephen on the line. Hi, Stephen. Go ahead. Hey, big fan of the show. Um, I was just wondering, uh, you know, with uh, the current Oilers situation and the struggles we ha- we've had, um, I wonder if we miss the playoffs, do we consider moving one of the core players in our lineup? Or I don't know. I've just I've just been thinking about options because well, like, I'll, I'll list, right five, now, I'll list five players for you. They wouldn't trade McDavid. They wouldn't trade Drysaitel. Nuge has a no move. They just signed Hyman to a, or they just signed Nurse to a contract extension that's going to start next year. And the, the, they just is Hyman is on the first of a seven year deal. So I would say no to all those guys. No, like, because that's what I was wondering is, like, what do you think realistically we could get, like, for a dry cycle? Because, like, could that answer our goaltending and defensive problems? Or is that just too unrealistic to think about? I Well, I don't think they'd trade one of those guys. No. Rob? I, I don't think so, no. I mean, you have the two best players in the world. I wouldn't trade them. But then again... This is a league there. Wayne Gretzky got traded, and he's the best player in the world. So anything's happening. But, I, again, it's to me it's like when you start talking about uh, when the Oilers get healthy, how do the line when these guys get back, what are the lines going to be? Well, you can't really predict that because by the time they get healthy, other guys can be hurt. So I don't know if you can predict what the Oilers are going to do in the offseason if they don't make the playoffs when the Oilers are still in a playoff race. So I think there's going to be some things at the end of the season. There are going to be some shows we're going to have lots to talk about. Well, if they miss the playoffs, I, I don't see how you bring Holland back, quite frankly. And then you're looking at possibly another new coach as well because that guy might want to <laughs> hire a new coach. Yeah. I mean, we'd be like, so we go through this cycle every three or four years. Yeah, but again, that's uh, to me, that's a conversation for later in the season. Yeah, I mean, we're talking yeah. about a team that's a point out of a playoff yeah. spot, not not 20 but you know I, I understand the frustration after a game like this and some of the other games we've seen this season true but uh, the frustration in this game but we said before this game came in the Montreal Canadiens were playing better than the Edmonton well Oilers. I said on my show last night I was very worried about this game well the Canadians are were six and one coming into this and the Oilers were two four and one the Canadians were the better team leading into this game and and it showed on the ice all right, we'll give uh, our Montreal Canadiens and them changing coaches our adjustment of the game for pro <laughs> drain text for peace of mind down the line. Yeah, winners of seven of their last eight. The Oilers are now 2-4-1 in their last seven, 30-22. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Doing four on the season. We've got to take a quick timeout. Uh, we'll squeeze in a couple of more calls. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 
Well, the Oilers' home record uh, not very good. Now down to 14 and 12 on the season. Nearly a sellout this evening, seeing the Canadians beat Edmonton 5-2. So these two teams split their two-game season series. We'll go back to the Sir uh, the uh, Certain Teed Hotline. Well, I guess we could call it the Sir Robert Hotline because he does call pretty regularly. Go ahead, Sir Robert. Uh, hey guys, how you doing? Good. Well, I mean, you know what? I've said that, you know, I've said all along, I wanted to see how how Smith would do, not trying to get too much, uh, not trying to get into the goaltending too much, but I think, as you, as you said earlier, Reed, I think it's time time to call up Skinner, Smith. I don't know. I don't, you know, I really don't think there's a lot more to say about it. Now, moving to the game, I just think, I think there were, I think it was a combination of a couple things. I think they were still a little bit fatigued coming back from the road trip and I just think they were and I think they may and I you know there were a number of uh, you know there were a number of I guess maybe not glaring mistakes but they were certainly mistakes Montreal got a lot of good chances you got to give them credit yeah they're at the bottom of the barrel but it seemed to me like Montreal wanted it more now one more quick one I agree with you if we miss the playoffs Holland's got to go what happens with Woodcroft, if we bring in a bring in a new GM, who knows? That's a conversation for later. But you know what? Twenty six games left. There's time. Do I think? Do I still think they'll get in? Yeah, but who knows? Yeah, anyway, well, I'll get... yeah. I mean, this game doesn't doesn't knock them out. It's 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 frustrating. Like I, I said, going into these three games, Rob, you, you got to respect these teams, but you'd hope you could win two out of three, get four out of six points you get three out of six, but with, with every point you don't get, you know, somebody's going to make up a little bit of ground. And you mentioned Vancouver not going around, not going away, though they have played more games than a lot of teams. Um, you know, Nashville. <laughs> the thing is you're just giving them life is what you're doing. Right. And, and that's the hard part because now when they have a little bit of life, no, well, that, that next road trip, oh, you know what, guys, let's do this on the road trip. We can still get there. Uh, there hasn't, they don't have that defeatist attitude yet. Uh, and what we, the way there's so many teams right now battling for the same spots, Reed, that you can't afford to have a lull in your season where you drop, you know, four of five. Then all of a yeah, sudden you're a five point. points out or something along that line with three other teams you have to jump. And for the Oilers, they just played three, you know, teams near the bottom of the standings their schedule gets harder. Their next three teams are against three good teams, Calgary, Washington, Tampa. That's why you want to bank these points because now it just you just set yourself up that, okay, now we got to win two of the three against the Stanley Cup champions or the top team in, in your division. So it gets tougher. That's why these points that you've lost hurt that much more. Okay, we have Tony standing by as well. Hi, Tony. How's it going, boys? Good. Um... I like you guys' idea of bringing Skinner up right now because there's just something going on with Smith I don't understand. Um, but my biggest thing about about bringing Skinner up is if for, if a guy like Smith is getting down on himself for you know bad giveaways that we're doing or stuff like that, why would we take too much of a chance with Skinner when we don't want to bring his confidence level down too much? Well, I've, I've made that, Tony, I've made that exact argument, but I also think, for me, I now have enough information on Smith. I, I've made that exact argument about Skinner. Do you want to throw him behind a team that might be challenged <laughs> offensively? And then it's hard to judge his performance if he's facing a lot of grade-A chances. But I, 
Well, you're at the point right now where the Oilers need points. Yes. And you, I mean, you're putting it's playing Monday. Yep. No question. And you're putting in which, whichever goalie you think that can give you the best opportunity. And that's where we say is how much runway does Mike Smith have? How much rope does he have before you say, okay, you know what? You haven't been able to find your game. We have to find a different option. All right. And we'll also go to Alex here. Hi, Alex. Go ahead. Hi, guys. How are you? Well, Alex, look, I'm going to be honest with you, probably better than you, because I know over the years you tend to be one of our most emotional callers, which I appreciate. <laughs> well, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to try to keep it. Uh, <laughs> keep it on the rails tonight. <laughs> well, hey, it's been frustrating not, not having a healthy team all year. It's just unbelievable. I mean, they had a great start, and uh, the defensemen, I mean, there's not enough NHL-quality defensemen here and forwards. We miss Nugent Hopkins and Puviarvi big time. Yep. And until we get, uh, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I miss Chris Russell. Okay. <laughs> I'm a big anyway, fan no, of Chris. I love Chris Russell. I think he I does everything Russell that a pro is supposed just, to do. I'm just kidding. Yep. No. no, I mean what what I'm seeing about uh, about this team every now and then is, you know, you still have McDavid, Drysdale, Hyman, uh, Kane, uh, Yamamoto. But what I'm seeing when they don't get the results is three or four of them are, not, are only running about 80%. or something missing, whether it's effort, execution, whatever. They're not all clicking. You know, they don't seem to be clicking. I don't know if it's effort, whatever. But And then, um, you know, I, I want to say something about the penalty kill. I'm seeing this on TV, and it seems to me, you remember how the Oilers were just Killers. They were dynamite at the start of the season, yep. and everyone else uh, they were playing against, they looked pathetic on defending, or they looked like they were backing in and backing in. Well, that's how our that's how the penalty kill looks. Way too much gap. A gap. They're not aggressive enough. That's what I'm seeing on TV anyway. But uh, I guess I'll leave this uh, to you, Brown. Uh, sorry, uh, and uh, Rob. Uh, uh, tell me what you see on the on the penalty kill, because and I'll. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to get mad because, you know what, no, I just okay, can't Alex. wait to Alex, see we're, a full we're, we're up against the top of the hour, so I'm going to quickly oh, yeah. throw that to Rob for the PK because well, he he's, makes a good point. Uh, well, A, they're not winning enough face-offs. B, they're missing their best penalty killer in Nugent Hopkins. C, they're not getting the saves. And I think what we saw tonight in this game, and it was talked about by the coaching staff, they didn't get pucks out when they needed to. And if you give teams second or third opportunities on their power play, they'll make you pay. Well, they... And the thing is, the Oilers failed to clear pucks a couple of times by hitting a teammate. Yep. Like sometimes, okay, the blue liner is going to make a great play to hold the puck yep. in. They shot the puck into each other. Sometimes that is uh, being put in a stressful situation and there's a slight panic. So you're just throwing the puck, hoping it gets out. You can't hope in the National Hockey League. You have to be assertive, and they weren't assertive tonight. But, but also... Yeah, he's right. It, it, Suzuki, I mean, Suzuki scored twice on almost the same play. Yeah, absolutely. Now, would, would you like Smith to stop them? Absolutely. But especially the second one, he walked in from the blue line yep. and was like, whoa, oh, gee, no and, one's going to challenge me. I'll just keep coming in. And the thing on it, 30 seconds before, he just done the That's exact same thing. Yeah, so the it's same like, goal twice almost. So yeah. it's like, okay, okay, I know what they're going to do on their power play. Let's take this away. And let's be honest, Suzuki is the Montreal Canadiens' best player. And you just allowed their best player to come in from the blue line and do whatever he wanted. And he made an unbelievable shot, but that can't happen. 5-2 Canadians win it. Our next game broadcast is Monday. Face-off show at 6, game at 7.30. Oilers at Flames. The Flames currently taking on the Colorado Avalanche. And that game is 2-2 after the first period. Thanks to Troy Bowler and Angie Quinnell for their work on the technical side of things. 
We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.